Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh. Yes, we do. Talking sports, it's uh, for you. Play and play, and we spit it every day. And we're talking sports. Give us a call, okay? Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. You are listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Tay Eric Taylor, waiting for. Ray Talrayside, we've got a huge show. You know what it is. It's remembering and honoring Muhammad Ali. It's talking NBA finals, little Stanley Cup, MLB, the French Open. And honestly, the words, it's hard to, to come out with what the right words are when you're talking about the great Muhammad Ali. He, um, I guess I can tell you for me, as an African-American male, he was, you know, besides your father and my uncles, like he was that guy we, I looked up to. I mean, I was born in 1970. My father knew him. I went, um, you know, he was at that fight in 71 at the garden um it it just it's amazing to me how amazing he was as a boxer and that outstanding and amazing as a humanitarian and human being you know I, i think people forget that this guy you know he he went through a lot with Vietnam, hold on one second. No, seven thirty p.m. Vietnam and just losing from twenty-five to twenty-nine in his prime. I, I don't know if people can grasp that the athletes and people. You, you know, to try to get an idea of what that meant or what that means. And, you know, we all have our different opinions, but it wasn't, you know, yes, I guess you want to say factually, people might say he was a draft dodger, but it was so much more than that because he stood up for what he believed in. And I think he sort of taught that to the rest of the athletes. And so now with the Black Lives Matter or standing up for Michael Brown or, Trayvon Martin, you know, you see that nobody did it better than Ali. You know, and you had the famous photo of Ali and Bill Russell and Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it, it just, it was amazing to me. And I think Ali, because he has so many years, 32 years with Parkinson's, but we forget about Ali, the boxer. You know, Muhammad Ali was a great boxer, not just a great man and humanitarian. Ray, you with us? Had some technical difficulties. There he is. So, I mean, Ali, man, he he wasn't just this, you know, amazing, great humanitarian. I think, you know, we know about the 32 years of Parkinson's, Ray, and, you know, we're honoring and remembering him. He died 74 on Friday, but he was a great boxer. And I think you know, people well, have, have started to he forget have that. gotten all this fame if he wasn't a great boxer, right? It started by the fact that he was great at his craft. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, just a, a champion, a, a legend. Um, it's, you know, it's fascinating. You hear all the stories, but I think I love, you know, the stories that you get from Dick Schaap. And now you've been passed down to his son, Jeremy Schaap, who was on live on SportsCenter 
uh, late Friday night. But even, you know, just Ali and Howard Cosell, you know, just, you know, the Jewish lawyer from Brooklyn, you know, who turned into a sportscaster and, you know, the, the Christian and Muslim Muhammad Ali going from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali and just how they, their careers helped each other and, and how they, you know, went back and forth and just, it, we just never saw anything like that before. I think that's what changed that people don't realize, like, he changed how you see athletes. Like, he, he was social media. He wasn't Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. He was social media. He was all of it. Do you know what I mean? And, and just even the promoting. And I guess for these young kids today, Ray, it's so hard to fathom, one, because of how race has changed in our country a lot, right? But also um, just, just boxing, being the heavyweight champion of the world, right? There's no UFC. The football and basketball, they were on tape delay in 1980 and in the 70s. No, it was boxing. Boxing was the biggest thing in America, pretty much that and horse racing and, of course, baseball. So when you were the heavyweight champion of the world, you were the king. And he really represented that. I, I just uh, – it was great. I was telling him that my, you know, my father knew him and he was just amazing. I always wanted to meet him, never got the opportunity. Give me some of your favorite thoughts or memories about Ali, Ray. Ray, you there? Oh, we might have lost him. No, I'm here. I'm here. I okay. Was, uh, at the Plaza Hotel in New York, and I believe Mr. T was his bouncer, but I didn't remember I, who knew him back then. So I met Muhammad Ali. I walked up to him, and I was six or seven, so nobody was really intimidated by me, right? So and I walked up and I said, "I, you're the greatest. You're the greatest." And he said something like, "I am the greatest." And he came and put me on his lap, and he said, do you like boxing? And I said, yeah, I love boxing. I love you. And uh, he sat there, and he, he was really nice. He gave me his autograph, and he, you know, he did the whole, like, uh, you know, shadow boxing thing. And to this day, I, I remember him as being the first guy that I got an autograph from, and he actually, you know, engaged me as a little boy. So it was, it was pretty amazing. Wow. Okay. You know, I, I never knew that story. That's, that is amazing. You know, it's, uh, uh, we could talk about Ali forever, but really, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's just hard for young folks to grasp. And all we can say is you've seen what Twitter and TV and everything has been showing. I mean, I was explaining even to my wife who knows, but I was like the NFL network all Saturday morning, all like, multiple CNN, this and that, but not just ESPN, the NFL network was having from the football point of view perspective, people call in and talk about Ali. I mean, that's, that's just hard to fathom that other sports were kind of in awe and just letting people know about the love and the greatness. And what people don't understand that, they, they, you know, these great pictures on Twitter, everybody, you know, having pictures with Ali, they showed pictures of Ali with Prince. Um, you know, just amazing, but it's how he opened up himself, even with Parkinson's Ray, to the people. I mean, he is def the definition of the people's champ. Um, I went to his infirmary out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, he was uh, pretty close by, uh, you know, where he, he passed that. He lived Ganey Ranch, which is not too far from me in Scottsdale. And he was just so loved, and I just uh, he did so much. The hospital is beautiful, the Muhammad Ali Infirmary, where they deal with Parkinson's, uh, Alzheimer's, you know, the dementia, stroke patients, everything, migraines, anything you can think of, and uh, you know, it's something that he donated tons of money to, and it's uh, it's a beautiful place out here at St. Joseph's Hospital. So I, I know of it firsthand, personally, um, you know, being there myself, I was like amazed by it. So we say thanks. What's, what's your favorite fight? I, I mean, to me, I, I guess it's, it's got to be a thriller in Manila. I love, you know, what he, his battle with Foreman, of course, in Africa, but the rumble in the jungle. But 
getting back at Frazier, I think that was that last, I was just saying to the audience, like people don't realize 25 to 29, he couldn't fight because of Vietnam and the stance that he took. You know, that's huge. Well, think about this, though. Think about how he had Parkinson's, and he lost four years in the middle of his career. So he, you know, in some ways, maybe in in kind of a weird way, not fighting may have actually prolonged his life because think about the, the abuse that his brain took, and this is without four years of fighting in the middle of his career. So, but, but the other thing to note, well, I look at it differently. I look at he might have retired earlier and might not have hang, hung on at the end and gotten destroyed by Larry Holmes. By Larry Holmes, abused yeah. If he had the, the, the prime, that's, you know what I mean? That's a good, that's a legitimate way to look at it. You know, he would have peaked out earlier. He would have retired earlier. But also, kids these days who don't follow boxing forget boxing was 15 rounds back then. So <sighs> there was a lot of damage done, you know, after round eight where these guys were tired. And these guys are just throwing haymakers, and yeah. they couldn't really protect themselves, especially a guy like Ali that fundamentally, people would tell you, his fundamentals were terrible. I mean, if you see a boxer, it's like, uh, you know, like Gary Sheffield in baseball, uh, you know, or, or Jamal Wilkes in basketball. He's a boxer where you don't want people to box like Muhammad Ali. I mean, he just had naturally, he was naturally gifted, so he was able to avoid punches and, and do a lot of, Different, you know, kind of defensive maneuvers. The rope, but but that's not smart boxing to let somebody tire themselves out on hitting you, and then you know be really quick and avoid the 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 massive head blows. You know. No, I know. And Larry Holmes said today, I heard him in an interview that he, you know, even in that fight because Larry Holmes used to be his training partner. Larry Holmes, you know, sparring. um, sparring partner. You know, he has, you know, probably one of the best jabs in history. And he said, you know, even in that fight. He wanted Ali. They wanted to stop the fight, and finally Dundee did. But he was like, you know, he was like, Ali wouldn't quit. And he's like, I, I was trying to hit him with open hand punches. I wanted to try to take it easy on him because, you know, he, he couldn't defend himself anymore. And it was just, just real sad, real sad. So, Ray, let's move on. French Open, we'll get to what happened in the women. But with the men, I, I think we're at the point where you can say that Novak Djokovic, who, you know, Finally got got it done at the French Open, right? He now is fourth all time in in uh, majors, what behind Nadal, Sampras, and uh, Federer. And he's, I guess people would say he's cl- closing in on being the top one of the top five men tennis players of all time. And I think he's on his way to probably becoming number one. Now McEnroe is always going to be number one in my heart, but we're talking about the best the most decorated, winning, this and that. Where do you think Djokovic is at right now? Where do you think he could be going? Well, he's definitely top five, and he's very close to to breaking into that top two or three. I mean, think about this. He's won 12 majors. He's only 29. So that can obviously only go up. And he has lost at the the, – French Open, I think it was four or five times to Rafael Nadal, who was obviously a clay court specialist. So if you give him a couple, he's up around 14, 15 before he's 30. So either way, he didn't get him, obviously. But the point is that this guy, especially on hard surfaces, this guy could easily win 15, 16, 17. Uh, He has a career grand slam, and he's got a consecutive slam. So he's just rolling right now. Yeah. Now, what happened with Serena, right? I mean, Serena is thirty-four, and I think that's the and I think that's the bottom line. That you know, father time, or in in her case, mother time, you know, catches up to you, and three straight finals appearances, she gets to the finals and gets beaten by a first-timer. It's not like she got beat by Steffi Graf or Monica Seles or, you know, another great. She got beat by good tennis players. So I don't know if it's an endurance thing, if it's a concentration thing, if it's just mother time. She's, she's dealing with an oblique, so it could be some injury. She, of course, didn't blame it on injury, but 
I can just say that this wouldn't happen to Serena at 27, but it happens at 34. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, but, you know, she's starting off the year getting to both finals, right, Australian and French, and maybe the age is getting up to her, catching up to her and her dominance. But I could see her finishing out the year winning Wimbledon and then the U.S. Open. Do you know what I mean? With courts that she has, you know, even greater success. Right. You know, so I, you know we'll see how that all plays out. But, uh, you know, give uh, the, the, the girl credit, took her down, and uh, she's, uh, you know, she's good. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what, Serena, maybe this is exactly what she needs, you know, to, to people to start questioning her to say, or is, is she really past her prime? Should she really be, you know, hanging it up? And maybe that's what she needs going into Wimbledon and then the U.S. Open later this year. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that. Um, before we get to the NBA, real quick in the NFL, there's some contracts that are coming and boys are getting paid. We sort of Broncos without uh, Akeem Tlaib, who might have shot himself. Stay tuned for that. This cool. But the uh, Broncos went to see Obama and the president, and Brock Osweiler didn't go. He's an OTA to the Texans. But guys are getting deals. Last week, while we were off, Alan Hearns got a nice deal with the Jaguars. Uh, what, four years, $40 million. They locked him up. And then today, Harrison Smith is the highest-paid safety in the NFL. Five years, $51 million, $10 million guaranteed. Ray, it's hard to believe. Cam Chancellor and other safeties, even Earl Thomas, other guys have got to be like, what? Harrison Smith is the highest-paid safety? So they got to be licking their chops. Tyron Matthews is about to get paid soon. So you got to believe they're looking at that contract that he got. And, of course, Khalil, the Panthers' center, just got a two-year extension and a nice little deal. What do you think about these guys getting, getting some dollars? So the salary cap in football keeps going up. That's obviously going to benefit the players because they didn't increase the roster, right? It's still the same 53 guys that need to get paid. The only thing is, like we always say, it's all about the guaranteed money because at the end of the day, it's funny money, especially after the second year, third year on a five-year contract. So, you know, good for him. Um, Smith, I don't know if he'll play out five years because in the fourth or fifth year, I don't know that people are going to be paying $10 million for a safety. He's He's young enough that it it might be, though. He's, what, on his third Second, third year, third year, fourth year now? Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I it, just, it I've never seen that kind of money for a safety. But you know what? In this day and age, somebody like Harrison Smith that can guard uh, athletic mm-hmm. tight ends, even mm-hmm. help with receivers a bit, and he stops the run, he's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty important. You know? I mean, safety's getting valued pretty – Right now, secondary, after the pass rusher, I think linebackers are the dying breed in terms of payment. Unless you're the outside rusher linebacker, you know, like Von Miller, you're not as important. Which is funny because I wonder if that's going to lead to weaker run defenses and then the NFL is going to change a little bit from this pass-happy offense to a more balanced offense that, a league that values running the ball and playing from ahead. That's a great point. And, you know, uh, Beast Mode, he said, look, I'm done. Uh, interview coming up, I guess, on Showtime, 60 Minutes on Showtime. You know, he reaffirmed, uh, I'm not coming back. I'm done. We missed a caller. I think that was old Luke. He'll probably be calling back soon. So, look, let's, let's get into it. We got a lot to talk about with people to talk about the Olympics as well with the basketball, but the NBA finals, I mean, it's 2-0. If you would have said, if I would have said to you in games one and two, Steph and Clay, neither one would have scored 20 points. Would you have thought that the Warriors would be up 2-0? Negative. Uh, no way, no how. So <laughs> keep keep an eye out for old Luke because I have to drop off, but I could I could jump back on. I'm having some technical issues, but uh, that's fine. I yeah. will say this. I will say this. 
this NBA Finals is very surprising in the sense that Golden State is dominating without dominant performances by their stars. So if you told me Golden State was up 2-0, I wouldn't have balked at that. But if you told me they're up 2-0, having outscored Golden State by the most points ever, uh, sorry, Cleveland by the most points ever in a finals, and Steph and Clay are not having a great finals, I would say you're crazy. But what we have to really acknowledge is this team won 73 games for a reason. Their bench is fantastic. They play team ball, and they're just a pleasure to watch. And I don't even like them, but they're a pleasure to watch. They're a pleasure to watch, and, and they deserve to be up. They, they play 48 minutes of basketball. And you know what this also tells you? That there's no shame in Oklahoma City. You know, we, we killed them, and they were up 3-1. This team, Golden State, is special. And Oklahoma City yeah. almost beat them and had them on the ropes and had them scared and probably outplayed them for, uh, call it 60% of the series, maybe 65% of the series. But Golden State found a way. So if you're Kevin Durant, I think you have to revisit this loss. It's not as bad as you would think. Losing in the conference semi, I'm sorry, in the conference finals, you have every right to hold your head up high in Oklahoma City. Now, in Cleveland, you got to at least come with better effort. I mean, that was one of the things. They looked defeated by the second quarter. By the end of the second quarter, they looked defeated. So oh, I it's... hope that at the very least, they bring more energy and effort to the game. Definitely. I'm going to bring old Luke in, and I'm going to let him hear my thoughts on what you were just saying. Because I know, oh, you saw, you heard what Ray just said. And honestly, you know, I know O's laughing because I remember when I said to him, I know, oh, you want to pick it in four or five. And that's exactly <laughs> what could happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys <laughs> later. I'll, t- I'll call back in. All right, Rex. Okay. So, oh, uh, you know, listen, for me, you know, I get frustrated watching these games. And it's almost like last year's finals, different coach, different roster, different situation. A couple of things I'm going to lay out for you, oh, and I want your thoughts. One, you, they're not playing how they played against those other teams, Toronto, Atlanta, Detroit, sort of fast, free-flowing offense, moving around, shooting threes, you know, a little bit of LeBron and K-Love in the post, penetrating, whatever. Now, the, the question is, can, is it also that they can't do that because Golden State is such a better defensive team but also, are they kind of not even really trying it? That, that's, that's the first thing, right? And then the mm-hmm. other side is, oh, at some point, you've got to make Bogut not be a free safety blocking shots and actually have to play a defender, which is why I'm calling for them to start Timo Fey, Mozgov. Even if he only plays five, six minutes in the first quarter and then five, six minutes to start of the half, You've got to have an offensive threat because Tristan Thompson, it's like playing five on four. And if this guy gets an offensive rebound, he can't even put it in unless he can dunk it. So give me your thoughts in terms of why the Cavs are not playing the offense the way they are, and would you even try to go bigger with Tim O'Fay? Well, I will say this, that I, 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 don't, I don't agree with a lot of people saying the Cavs, they gave up. I just think the Cavaliers are – very overmatched. See them quitting. I just saw discouragement. I saw them. I saw the Golden State do the Golden State Warriors do what they do. A lot of teams and just pretty much snatch the heart out your chest. You know, literally, not literally, but figuratively, on on the court. But you got to remember, this is a this is really the since what they set the record as the best team ever in the regular season. So we we shouldn't get to. Um, bringing them back down to earth. You know, they <laughs> yeah. have set the record that stood for years with the best player in the planet that ever played the game. To me, Michael Jordan set, helped set that record at 72 games. They beat it at 73 games. Don't you feel and, the world is not caught up to appreciating them yet? Wouldn't you think that, that's a fair statement? Because even for me, right, I, I love these guys. I respect their games. But I got to say, I, I, I guess in some ways, 
I've underestimated their greatness. Like I see it and I respect it, but you're still like kind of, I'm still kind of waiting. Like, can somebody figure this out and beat them? And the answer seems to be probably not because I said this to Ray in the first two games, Clay and Steph haven't, neither one of them has scored 20 points. And for most people, if you said that to most people going into the series, you would say it's one, one or two Oh Cleveland. But no, Mm -hmm. it's Draymond, it's Livingston, it's Barbosa, it's Barnes. I mean, Iguodala, they've got seven guys that can handle the ball, multi-athletic, length, speed, shooting. This is Mm -hmm. about skilled basketball. And it's it's beautiful. It's amazing, man. they've They've changed the dynamic of what we know and what we think of a championship team to be. I think that's what's so hard to give that they don't get the mm. proper respect, that they don't point. have a traditional center uh, shooting guard. They have all these interchangeable parts, and they're running it with a with Draymond Green, who's their, their emotional person. But he's not, what is he, maybe 6'8", six 6'9"? Six you yeah, don't have a yeah. true big man. And they're beating teams, and they're defending them so well. That's that thing that really is. is they're using is, speed other... and strength, but not necessarily size, because they're all strong, Correct. right? But there's mm-hmm. speed, yeah. and that's yeah. uh, pretty impressive. They also they all all play well together, and that's the other thing they don't get enough credit for. And that's what might be yeah. some of the Spurs. They paint the numbers the right. Paint the numbers yep. right. And uh, again, to the, the Tyron Lue with the Mozgov, I think yeah. if he goes that route, that will probably get closer to what I was saying may happen. I think that Mozgov, I this is what I think needs to happen. LeBron needs to play like he played last year when there was nobody there. LeBron is counting on people to pick up this load, and he has to remember, the ones that he's waiting for, this is their first time in the finals. Right. It's not Dwayne Wade. These guys don't have that yet. They don't have that swag and the confidence. You're right. And that's why Golden State looks so different from last year. That was their first time in the finals. So you make more mistakes. You're a little more jittery. Where Love and, and uh, Kyrie Irving, it's their first time there. So, you know, I still I think that 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 what they what they what they crafted for the Cavaliers is a great offensive team. But I've said this earlier, like you know, to my, to other people, like the Eastern Conference is pretty deceptive. They're not as deep, and they don't have the same components as the West. Who they ran, how they got to the finals, we know there's a big disparity of who they played compared to who Golden State played. And that last series against OKC, that was a real test. This is the first test the Cavaliers have had, and it's not because of rest now, because they've had the most rest of any play any any team probably in the playoffs in some years to go through those. Oh right, yeah. No, you're you're totally right. So it's not rest. They wake up at home and 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 and, because look, the one thing you can always control is your effort, right? You can always Mm -hmm. give 110 percent. Um, and that's something that can definitely change. The question mm-hmm. is, do they, you know, do they, do they, you know, wake up? Because, you know, at home, the role players play better. Everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, in their beds. It's, it's, a, it's a different mentality. You know, can they pull it together? I think we got a, um, another caller. Hold on. Oh, stay on the line. Okay. And get them in the show, see if they think LeBron can. And LeBron's got to play better. I've never seen a superstar so sloppy with so many turnovers. Calling on oh, yeah. the air with Ray Tay and Hello, hello. Yeah, what's your name? Where are you from? Hey, my name's Craig. I'm from Silver hey, Craig, Spring. How, how you doing? From? <laughs> good, man. Welcome oh, Silver Spring. How you doing? Oh, good, man. Good. Listen, it's a good, it's can, a good LeBron... Craig right here. Huh? <laughs> it's this a good Craig, friend right? to call mm-hmm. in. I can't hear you all. What'd you say? I'm saying this is a good friend of mine, man. I wanted to call oh, okay. him. He, he, he's supportive of your, of your thoughts. Go ahead. Okay. No, well, I, I want to know. I want to know, does Craig think, two things, Craig. Can, can LeBron make this a series or win a game? And do you think it's false hope to depend on knuckleheads? Like, look, because Nick fans know, right? The true Nick fans are like, wait a minute, J.R. and Amon, <laughs> and Amon Shumpert are bums. That's why the Knicks didn't want him, and they just looked <laughs> shiny. Look, a penny is still a penny, even if you make it shiny, right? LeBron made them shiny, but Shumpert and, and Jr. aren't really doing anything. 
Does LeBron really not have the roster that he needs to even fight with these guys? What are your thoughts? I think that's a, that's a real good possibility. And I think the one thing that nobody's talked about right now as far as what Cleveland needs to do to get back into this series is to play defense. If you yeah. play good defense, that's going to create easier shots on the other end. You already see how good Golden State is defensively. How can, how can you put that balance back on Cleveland then? Get a rebound. You know, they've been getting out-rebounded. I mean, you can – you, you 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 get you get some defensive rebounds, run a fast break, get J.R. Smith open, make him see a couple shots fall down, you know, get some of those other guys open, Kevin Love open, let him see a couple shots fall down, and all of a sudden, because of defense, their offense looks a little bit better. That's, that's, a, that's, one, that's, that's one thing I haven't heard anybody talk about. I mean, to me, when I saw him play last year, when when Cleveland didn't have Kyrie Irving, didn't have Kevin Love. They had they had players in the game that couldn't play offensively, but th- at least they were competing on the defensive end, and the games were closer. I, mean, I don't know if Cleveland has, but I think it's going to be if they're going to make it close, it's going to be through defense. Yeah. Well, Craig, you know what? Maybe you can get in a better spot. Just hold on one second because your cell phone's going in and out. But oh, he makes a good point. You know, and and maybe it's time for LeBron to stop um, depending on these guys, right? They, they need to play much better defense. And I think they, part of that is stop switching, right? Because when they switch, they get confused. Like they, that, that's a team that they just got to stay with your man, fight through the pick and stay with your man on the high pick and rolls or whatever. But one thing the Warriors do is they cut, they move. The Cavaliers, there's no swinging of the ball. When LeBron was looking at the post game and he's answering the questions and he's like 14, 15 assists, that's not good sharing the ball. Well, it's like, yeah, none of you guys move. You don't cut, you don't do anything. I mean, it's it's boring. Like, honestly, if you were playing with the Cavs, you'd be standing in the corner, sitting there like Kevin Love, waiting for you to get the ball. Like, I'd laugh, right? Because when I'm watching it, I'm like, really? Kevin Love just standing there in a three-point line in the corner, um, waiting for a pass. If he doesn't get it, then he just trots back down court. No. Kevin Love, go attack the offensive glass. Let the guards go back. That's the first thing they teach you at basketball camp. But to me, he's stuck in the corner at the three, so it makes him not put forth the effort that he should because this is a great rebounder. He's not a decent rebounder. This guy can average 12 rebounds a game, but you got him standing at the threes. And I just think they, number one, I blame LeBron because he's a pseudo coach with Tyron Lue. Lue's done a better job in getting Love involved. Uh oh. But overall, you to me, you, you've got to change. Look, let's, let's start this, right? Wednesday night, game three. Mozgov put LeBron at the four, Richard Jefferson, Shumpert, right? Because just like Craig said, I want more defense. And then Kyrie, let JR come as a scorer off the bench. So then he can come off the bench, raining threes and going nut, right? Bring him in with Love and Tristan Thompson. And, you know, then you can either work those two in with Kyrie and LeBron, or you can also throw in Fry or Della Vadova. But let the starting five and guess what? When you do that, you can do a high pick and roll with Mozgov, who can actually shoot. He can score in the post, but the guy can hit a 10 to 12 footer off the high screen and roll. And it opens up the penetration lanes for LeBron if he does that. And then you have Jefferson, who can hit a three, Kyrie. And Shumpert is somebody that can stay on Steph or on Clay. Look, you, you got to switch it up. I don't think he'll uh-huh. do anything drastic. But, oh, right now, whatever they're doing, it's not working. And just going home is not going to change it. You don't just click yeah, your heels and go back right. to Kansas. <laughs> and you know what's going to happen. That this is the problem with Cleveland to me. And this is why I say that the Eastern Conference uh, a little oh, bit you're in a bad spot too, man. Uh, you guys are killing me with these cell phones right now. <laughs> you're breaking up. The Eastern, the Eastern Conference is deceptive for this reason. Oh, that they breaking what, up, You can't hear me still? No, nah, you're in Hello? a bad spot. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Hello? You're in a bad spot. Oh, man. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, you, you got to get to a good spot. Craig, are you in a better spot now? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, gosh. Listen, listen, you guys are calling the show. We're live <laughs> on air, man. I, you know, I, 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 need, I need for you to have some, some clear lines. So I'm going to throw this out there, and maybe you, you guys can, can move around, do a little Indian dance, and get in a clear spot. But right now, as I'm watching this, 
I, I, I've said this to Ray. He doesn't believe it. I want to know if you guys are starting to see it and believe it. Two things. Um, Curry's legacy, and we know the Splash Brothers, they're on their way to probably passing Dumars and Isaiah in general of being the best backcourt ever. And Curry is, you know, we already know they're the best shooters ever. But I think when he gets two championships and then they're fighting for a three-peat, we're starting to see the building of Curry's legacy climbing up as, you know, one of the best point guards ever, right? It's too quick. ESPN with their silly list talking about he's already ahead Isaiah. Yeah, stop that. Isaiah is one of the greatest ever. <laughs> Curry, Curry can pass him, but, you know, we got to wait till guys' careers are over. Let him win the second championship before you yeah. pass Isaiah. But I want to ask you about LeBron's legacy. Because if he loses this and goes down to two and five, and no shame, right? Like Jerry West the other night, they had the report. Jerry West shouldn't be talking smack because he's one and eight. You know what I mean? And so he's not one to talk smack about LeBron two and five. The biggest issue you have with LeBron is the Dallas one. Miami had no business losing to Dallas. You know, losing to the Spurs, that's not, you know, hey, anybody would have lost that year to the Spurs. But losing to Dallas is unacceptable. But I ask this to you two gentlemen. If they go to, if he goes two and five, and people might say he'll never leave Cleveland because he's got to get them a chip. But what if he sees the writing on the wall? Oh, and he's like, I cannot win. I can win the East by myself. He's like, I can go to the Knicks and I'll get back to the East, to the finals in the East, right? But I can't beat the West winner with Love and Kyrie. They have no salary cap room to improve the team. Do they trade Love and try to get in somebody and some players, right, or Carmelo? Or do they – does LeBron say, F it, I'm sorry, I tried to come home, and does he go back to South Beach or somewhere else? If he does do that, if he does that, that will taint his legacy, period. I don't think there's ever been a case of a player. You're still going in and out, man. Oh, man. You, can't you need a landline, brother. Content. <laughs> Why don't you walk outside? Nobody's going to stab you. It's summertime. It's hot out. Go outside. <laughs> can you hear me yet? Still can't hear me? No, I can't oh, hear you. This is crazy. Hello? Yeah. All right. You can't hear me, Phil? Nah, you're coming, through, you're coming through like you've been hanging out with computer love. Roger Troutman style, man. <laughs> no, I'm going outside. Can you hear me better now? No. Oh man, I'm gonna try to call you back, take back on the line again. Good grief. Huh? Oh yeah. All right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna call back from the house landline. Yeah, try if you can come back from the house phone or or you know maybe just listen in. But uh, it's okay. definitely definitely not clear. Right, but right I there. definitely appreciate you guys, and hopefully, if you get clear, then we can make it work. So, okay. honestly, I think the situation is um, LeBron can leave, ladies and gentlemen, and chances are he won't because he wants to win one first. But then, really, the question is, is it time to switch this roster? If he loses in four or five games, it's something they might have to contemplate. Um, you know, and that's a bigger question, right, for Dan Gilbert, and, and the guys in that sense, because Love's contract is not that bad with the salary cap going up, $21 million, You know, there, there could be an opportunity to say, you know, hey, Durant, you want to come play with me? But nobody really wants to go to Cleveland. Or, you know, Melo waive his no-trade clause, and Kevin Love goes to play with Porzingis. I don't know, but I couldn't imagine if the Warriors sweep the Cavaliers that LeBron – a pseudo GM is going to stand pat and come back with this exact same roster a year older. Cause let's be honest, as I was saying before Craig came on, I've never seen a superstar fumble the ball going to the hole as much as LeBron. And he was talking about after game one, I've got to stop and limit the turnovers. Well, in game two, he was just as bad, if not worse. And he fumbles the ball. Look, everybody's like, Oh, Iguodala's got great hands. It's not just Iguodala. It's anybody. And LeBron, sometimes he just dribbles it off his leg, his knee, or nobody touches him, and he just, like, it's like somebody, it's like an old uh, video game or something, right, where he just, 
he falls, you know, it's like somebody shot him with a pellet gun. The DC sniper got him <laughs> for you guys down there. It's, 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 it's almost embarrassing, right? Because we're talking about a six, eight and a half, six, nine, two sixty. Like this guy's Goliath and to fumble and lose the rock, you know, and, and let's be honest, right? We all played a lot of ball in our lives in the streets. I was talking to Ray about this and it's kind of comedy when you look at Della Vadova and Draymond or whatever, all our years of playing basketball, I've never hit a dude in the nuts, in the groin or whatever. I don't know too many people that have. So when you've got guys like Delhi and, and Draymond that are hitting guys multiple times, yeah, it's not an accident. I'm sorry. It, it's, it's, it's very hard to, you know, hit somebody directly right there unless you're trying. So, I, you know, I don't know. Um, it's, you know, definitely one of those weird situations. Let me see if, uh, oh, oh, you're back on the landline? Yep. Can you hear me now? Hello? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, try talking. It didn't sound so good right away, but. Can you hear me? That's a little bit better. (laughs) All right, so. So, oh, oh, answer me this. Uh Do do you think he, two and five, does he leave? Or do they trade love? Like they can't come back with the same roster, can they? They need some new pieces. They just they have a lot of pieces that uh you know you, you they got pieces that don't play defense and defense wins championships. They they didn't go into it with that you know I think that that their reaction to when they got beat by Golden State earlier was we need a new direction but they were they were didn't have the necessary ingredients to go far. I look at it like this. I don't think Cleveland, the way they constructed, could be OKC or Golden State. Not the way they both were playing. Because they will expose them for those weaknesses. Cavaliers have to do something different. Now, here's what, it, to me, two and five is not bad because let's think about how many people Jordan held back from getting a ring. Utah, Carmelo, John Stockton, how many times do you stop them from getting rings? So it's not. It's not something bad to look at for me for LeBron's uh, legacy, but if he leaves Cleveland after going, starting at Cleveland, going to Miami, coming back, and leaving again, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he could recover much from that. I mean, he looked like a soldier of fortune. I mean, you gotta sometimes wait it out. He has what he wants there. They're doing whatever he wants them to do. Get the right pieces in. That's all. You know. But um, I just think that they overmatched, man. We talked about this earlier. How are you going to, you know, when you have your defensive unit in, they can't score. That's the problem. And when you put your offensive unit, they don't play defense. What could so, they get think, out there, though? Because they can't come back with the same roster and their defense is not. Because let me tell you, the Warriors could potentially lose Harrison Barnes. But with the cap going up, the Warriors can pay him a big deal as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could have Boston or Phoenix or some other team try to come hardcore after Barnes. But if he decides to stay, which they probably can afford, although Curry's going into a contract year, so they're going to have to pay him 30 to $35 million. Um, Barnes, to me, is a guy that if they lose him, they still can be – just as good or be back to the finals. So, you know, I don't know if there's anybody else, you know, let's say Cleveland, that how, how would they get an advantage on Golden State for next season? Because they'll be older and Golden State is still in their prime where LeBron is trying to slip out of his prime. I I think that the, this is where the, the talent pool mostly resides in the West. The only way in the East you're going to do it to compete against, because OKC is a young team too, pretty much. The only way you're going to compete against those those teams like that, even Portland looks really strong. They, he has to get more talent there, but it's they for the length and the size. They need people who can score and play defense. Their main their main scorers outside of him, Kyrie has been known not to play defense. Kevin Love doesn't play defense. Tristan right. Thompson is a great rebounder, but he doesn't play defense. He rebounds well. But he's not so a, then he's not a really what you're defense. telling me is that LeBron is still so super great because he got a team to the finals, even in a weaker East, 
that really doesn't deserve to be there per se. They deserve to be there. I just think they have to change. This is the only, this is the only way I can see the Cavaliers coming out and winning. I think they're going to split. I think it's not. I don't think it's going to be a sweep unless they really don't do this one thing. If LeBron has to go. Well, two things. LeBron has to go back in the mode as last year's finals, forty twenty and nine. You got to get. You got to say I'm taking it and slow the tempo down. And like I agree with you, bring Mozgov, Delavadova because they play. They'll anchor a defensive unit, but LeBron just have to go nuts. Or number two, you got to bring all your shooters out and just try to keep up with them, outscore them. That's right, yeah, right. That's but I'm, saying, but I'm saying honestly, right. So what you described though is right. He's good enough to carry the bag of bonds in the East, but not to. I mean, look, he, they would probably be losing to OKC as well. So let's mm-hmm. say if he can't beat the Spurs, OKC, or Golden State, which is probably yeah. who he would play next year. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He's got to redesign his team, and they're already over the cap. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. So is it trading Kevin Love, or does he say, I'm out? And by the way, does Kevin – now, Kevin Durant, he'll probably stay, right, because he can get more money. He'll do the, mm-hmm. you know, the opt-in for one more year. Maybe him and Westbrook, if they bounce, they bounce together to L.A. or somewhere else. But the only thing that I would throw out there, not that I love the, the Wizards roster, but if he wanted to come home, Wall and Beal – are almost comparable to, if you wanted to say, Westbrook and um, Deion Waiters. Because if Beal can finally stay healthy, he's better than Waiters. And not that you can compare Gortat and any of the big guys that they have to Adams and Cantor, because though and Ibaka, yeah. that three-man rotation is exceptional. But, yep. you know, what if he just feels as much as he likes Westbrook, they don't necessarily, like they play well together, but maybe, like maybe what if he was like, you know what? I'll take a shot with John Wall. The salary cap's going up. Me, Wall, and Beal, who can hit threes, and Wall can play defense. He's lengthy. He's almost like Westbrook. You know, he's really a, a beast himself. What if he's like, you know, I can get some other guys to come with me, get some shooters, and I'll go back home and be the hero and make, you know, D.C. win it all in the East where I could beat out LeBron because he doesn't have much help in Cleveland. You never know. I don't yeah, you never know. I, I don't. I wouldn't. Really I don't think, think it would happen. Kevin, I think he stays. Yeah, I don't think so. And if Kevin Durant Does was Duncan thinking that, Duncan and Ginobili retire. Are, the, are we going to see the Spurs kind of drop down a smidget? Maybe. I mean, I think that you may see a little bit of that. That may be his best bet. He can go and slip in there. I mean, that you got a, a good organization. But the thing is that LeBron James is kind of used to having everything his way. Also, when he goes to a team. And so no, I'm not talking about LeBron. I'm talking about the Spurs oh, Kevin Durant. off or Durant going to the Spurs to join oh, okay. LaMarcus and Kawhi. Oh, that would be ridiculous. If they let that happen, that would be pretty – You know, that that would be a <laughs> – I think that shouldn't be – that would be like the Chris Paul of the Lakers that time when the commissioner stepped in. Um, that would be fantastic for basketball. But I think they're going to stick it out because I think it's going to be a good – it feels better if the team you lost to won everything. Compared to if you the team came back and beat you and you had them three to one and they got and they're getting beat like the Cavaliers are getting beat, I think that would make them walk away from each other and try to say that you know what something's with us our chemistry, but to know that they were at the cusp of trying to beat them, they lost, but that team went on and won everything. Then it was meant for that team to win, and that's why you lost to them. Come back next year and just, and you know ramp it up because let's look at Adams and Cancer really stepped their games up. Oh, they're, they're right now, they are combined, maybe, you know, one of the top three best centers in the league behind, you know, Boogie Cousins and Carl Anthony Towns. I love what you can get from Adams and Cantor. And Abaka, even though he hasn't been as good as he used to be a couple of years ago, he's, you know, he showed moments of flashes where he stepped up. And I think he's still viable. And, you know, you can't, he can shoot sometimes, but he's still a great defender. And, I, and to me, if I'm Durant, I, I would want to fix sort of the outskirt guys, right? Like the, the you know, replace a Nick Collison for like a shooting yeah. four or shooting three. What if you could get Ryan Anderson from the Pelicans? You know what I mean? Like sign a yeah. free agent like that because that's what OKC is missing. They don't have guys that can really shoot. And they I don't think OKC needs a real point guard, man. 
Either they can get a real point guard and let Westbrook play the two, which he really wants to be anyway. He's really more naturally a two well, to me. Well, they got the young. They got look. They're not going to get anybody better than what they have. They they drafted the young kid, Cameras Artis Payne. He could develop. They have you know Randy Foy as a backup veteran who's like a a tweener. It'd be very difficult with the salary cap and the roster for the, them to get like a Jeff Teague or a Mike Conley. That just I, there's no way they can pull that off. Oh no, not like that. But just a solid <laughs> point guard who was going to distribute because I think that's where they get in the problem sometimes is that their decision making in those crunch times. That's how they get exposed and they lose out of fourth quarter leads. That's they a great point. Somebody, Westbrook, somebody Westbrook's facilitate. decision making is a little. It's a, it is a little suspect. So yeah. Game three, game four, does the Cavs get one at home? Or do they win both? Do they, do they, do they totally tur- flip this and make it, a, make it a series? They don't win game three. It's over. Oh, no. Because I, I think they could still win four. They, they're hard alone. LeBron by himself would, would, would show gonna... their part. Not to, not to get swept at home at Cleveland. I, I can go to five. I, can't, I couldn't get to see them getting swept. You might be right, though. I, I I, I say they Clay win Thompson and Curry have not had their average. No, that, yet. I, I know it's scary, yo, dude. <laughs> it is so scary. Ray and I were talking about that off air. These dudes have not even. They haven't even lit a match yet. I mean, no. it's and it, when it, that happens, then what? Uh, I know, but I'll say this: they are overplaying the two of them, and that's what's making the other guys free. And on the road, maybe that strategy works better because maybe the other guys won't hit those same shots on the road. So I do think the yeah. Cavs will actually get game three, but they've got to, they've got to move without the ball. They've got to play faster. And guess what? Get these guys in foul trouble. Draymond Green should not be allowed to just play against Kevin Love. That's why if you start LeBron at the four and you have Draymond has to stick LeBron, Put mm-hmm. LeBron in the post and make him go to work on Draymond. You saw that one highlight when he went to commercial break. He spun on Draymond baseline and, and, and put it up and almost dunked it. Draymond can't stick LeBron one-on-one in the post. But LeBron's well, got to decide to be aggressive and take it to the Baja. I mean, it's yeah. almost it's, yeah. so, it's so frustrating like watching him because I'm like, the way that he was so aggressive against Toronto, I was like, oh, my goodness, his back is in great shape. He looks – Athletic again and rested. I was like, oh, he's he's ready to take on the, the Warriors. And then now he's like, you know, pulling up and fumbling and, and, and not, you know, not penetrating totally to the basket. He doesn't know, you know, shooting up threes. I'm like, LeBron, you should never shoot a three. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it, it just, you don't shoot a high enough percentage and you don't, you know, you, you can score so easily when you penetrate. So uh, we'll uh, see. Yeah. So listen, listen. We gotta we gotta stop underestimating Golden State's defense. We no, no, to totally. Some credit. It's time to stamp yeah. them. That's why I said to you last night, man. I honestly, if they win this a four or five, I'm I'm already signing up for the three P. You know, mm-hmm. like call Pat Riley, get the get the patent or whatever. <laughs> they sign the Warriors up for the three P because <laughs> it's just, dude. Like I, I, I mean, I'm amazed. I am so because look. Nobody was like looking for Clay Thompson coming out of Washington. We all loved Curry in the tournament, Davison. At best, mm-hmm. we thought he could be 16 to 18 points a game, uh, a smaller, yep. a smaller Allen Houston, you know, shoot him, boom, 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 hit the threes. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a pure point guard in college. He had to work on that. But, you know, we didn't. And then the first couple of years in the NBA, you remember his ankles, he was struggling. He almost got traded oh, yeah. for both. Yeah. Remember, they mm-hmm. shipped Monte Ellis, but the Bucks had their choice, and they wanted Ellis over Curry. So, I mean, we could revisit it, but nobody saw this. No one saw back Draymond Green, too. Nobody thought he was going to be the oh, player he is. Oh, yeah. No, I thought he was a very – I liked him coming out of Michigan State as the scrappy sixth, seventh man. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw him as. Yep. You know? yep. And these guys said that they were all underrated, under you know estimated, and now they're like – we are underdog with no joke. So we still, I still got to end with some baseball, but I would talk about this. The Olympics are coming up. Zika, the dirty water, everything. Athletes are yeah. dropping out left and right. But let's talk about basketball because it's always competitive. USA always wins, but Spain and Brazil, they've got a ton of NBA players, so you know they're going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. LaMarcus is not going to do it. Um, 
uh, Curry now just stepped out because of his health, and he's got another, you know, mm-hmm. new baby girl at home. Um, CP3 is not doing it. We're not sure about LeBron yet. No Kobe. Anthony Davis is having, you know, had his surgery, so he can't play. Are we still going to have that top-notch roster to compete with, uh, you know, Spain or Brazil or Canada that's going to have nine, you know, seven to nine NBA players on each of their rosters? That's going to be, that's, you know, that's a good question because, um, you know, every Olympics has gotten more, has gotten more competitive. And yeah. We got some good stars. We're watching the nation, the world, right, get so much better before our eyes. Now, look, mm-hmm. the, the Saw brothers are getting old. Maybe Mark plays. Maybe he doesn't. He had his surgery. If he's healthy, maybe he goes. You don't know about Paul Gasol, but Spain's got talent. You know, they still got Rubio yeah. and old, old old man Pablo Priglioni and Jose Calderon, different guys, some of their other shooters. Um, you know, Brazil, they still got guys. Uh, Varizal, Nene, these different guys. And so I, I kind of wonder, but Canada is fascinating, right? Because you know they got Trey Lyles, they've got Wiggins, you know they could even dig up Steve Nash. They've got um, you know all these Canadians, Anthony Bennett, uh, Tristan Thompson. I mean it's just a bunch of names that I'm not even catching offhand. But you know Wiggins leading the pack. You know Canada's got a decent little roster. You know I'm sure we'll know in a week or two who's um, you know who's really going to sign up for each team, but. I, I'm fascinated to see. So if no, if no CP3 and no Curry, that tells me the point guards are either going to be Westbrook, will probably be Westbrook and Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, maybe Dame Lillard. They'll take probably three point guards. That's more than good enough. But you oh, yeah. wonder with free agency, like is Durant going to want to play? That's what I said. If you get a Durant and you got Westbrook and a Lillard, I mean, with all the pieces around them, like that's good enough. But no, really but I'm saying, be right, to see. with Durant being a free agent, he might not play. Oh, he might not play, yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't know. Carmelo Anthony hasn't said. You know Kobe's not playing. We don't know about LeBron. Paul George, I think he said the other day that he wanted to play. Um, you know, I don't know if the Pacers want to let him play. I don't know. It's just going to be fascinating. I guess the bigger but question is – But Durant's the kind of player that plays in the ballpark all summer too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. Say I mean, he's playing the Rucker. I said Kevin Durant plays in the Rucker League. He plays he yeah. plays in the parks. So, uh, you know, unless he stopped doing that recently, he was known to be out there balling. So, I mean, well, look, it, you know, when you're a free agent, until you get that yeah, you contract, gotta be careful. you're not worried about yeah, Olympics or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then even OKC might be like, you know what, we had a, a deep playoff run. Why don't you, uh, uh, you know, play in the 2020 Olympics in your 11th or 12th year as the vet? Mm-hmm. And not in your eighth, ninth year as the, you know, prime of your career. If I was an organization, I would just whisper that in the ear, um, mm-hmm. you know, and say, let's focus on retooling for the championship run. To me, you know, I don't know. I'm just fascinated. I guess the bigger question is with our sort of not full guns and our second tier, will we mm-hmm. beat Canada, Spain, Brazil? Um, who's the other tough team? Argentina. You know, we'll. So it'll be fascinating to see. Hey, oh, real quick in baseball, man, the Cubs, the the Rangers, and the Blue Jays are all eight and two in their last ten. They're crazy hot. Um, you know, the curse of the Billy Goat, man. I, do you think this might actually be the year for the Chicago Cubs to finally win a World Series? What do you, what do you I hope thoughts? so, man. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't try to get caught up in those curse things. I just think sometimes yeah. it gets in the, the players' heads a little bit more than it should be. I, I think this could be it. I saw Madison Bumgarner from the Giants. He wants to get in the home run derby as a pitcher. And I got to say, man, they were showing it before uh, Sunday Night Baseball. That dude was taking shots. If I'm the Giants, I wouldn't let him do it because I need him no, to I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, win and be my pitcher. But I got to say, I'm pretty impressed the way my man was you know, swinging the wood. I was like, goodness gracious, dude. They'd <laughs> be excited, but nobody will let him do that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But he's got 13 career home runs, so that's uh, it's pretty darn good. So we'll be back Friday. Ray will be back. You know, he had to take care of some business and stuff. Okay. So um, let's just say Cavs get at least one, man. I, that's what Tay's signing up for. You know, I got to eat humble pie. I thought the Cavs could win in six, which now they have to win four in a row. And I don't see that happening. So I got to. 
No. It's all about game three. All about game three. They lose that and maybe a wrap. Yeah, and you know what? We just all want to say a big shout-out, rest in peace to Muhammad Ali, his family. and The just greatest. Thank you for being the greatest. Thank you for being a great man. Thank you for standing up for your rights. When people, you know, didn't want you to, you, you, you know, you, you did so much for our country, for race relations, for black men in America, just uh, mm-hmm. and for all Americans. He, he changed the game and gave the athletes the ability to talk smack, to be primetime, Michael Irvin, T.O., to just to talk and to stand yep. up for political issues. That's all due to the greatest Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Rest in peace, champ. And, um, you know, look, Lennox Lewis and Will Smith are your pallbearers, and you're being eulogized by Brian Gumble, Bill Clinton, and Billy Crystal. You know you've done stuff while you were here on Earth. So we, we thank oh, him yeah. for that. Thank him. So thanks for chiming in with us. Oh, tell Craig they definitely call back on Friday. And, um, okay. hey, like always, thanks for listening and talking sports with friends. We're out. All right.